Blog Talk Radio. Circumstances can't stop me And neither will they block me Today I feel unmovable Nothing's impossible To walk on water To calm the sea To speak to mountains Well, good morning, everyone. I hope that you are having... An absolute fabulous morning. Welcome to the Process 319 Unleashed with your host, Dawn Marie. Well, guys, as you know, we always start with a word of prayer because we want God to be the honored guest, and we want to make sure that we're praying for you. But before we begin, we know that we always say here that today we get a do-over. So if you didn't get it right yesterday or a few minutes ago, we have 24 hours in a day. 60 seconds in a minute to recognize and get it right because God gives us that. So it's an awesome time. We never have to feel bad or stay where we were. We are constantly moving upward, onward, and to greater things. So, God, we thank you this morning for being our honored guest. We thank you, God, that you woke us up. We have our sound mind. And we really do not take those things for granted because we know that there are those that are out there that have family members that are struggling with dementia, Alzheimer's, and so many other uh, mental ailments, schizophrenia. And we thank you that we woke up this morning, Father, with a sound mind, and we give you the glory. We thank you that we're waking up in a home that we have phones and cars and, and, and clothes to wear. Not that we're in the material thing, but we thank you that you allow us to partake in these things, Father God. We thank you for life and breath and health, that our bodies function the way they were designed to function. So we thank you and we're so grateful for everything. Everything may not be optimal. We may not have the desires of our heart. We may not be at that place that we desire to be. But even where, we're, where we are, we are grateful, Father God, because we can see you moving. We can see that we are constantly moving forward. But you know what? Even if we can't see it, God, you're still faithful. And for those right now who are driving to work, to those that are home listening or listening on demand, Father God, bless them. Bless them. Make yourself real to them. Make yourself uh, a tangible representation of that, of you in their lives, Father God, whether it be a touch from someone, whether it be a, a, a program they were listening to, Father God, minister to them and touch them where they are in their lives, Father God. They're dealing with family issues, financial issues, job issues, so many different things. So minister to them. And for those who are on the upswing, Father God, give them a heart of worship and praise for what you've done in, in their lives. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope that you guys are all doing well this 
a 12th day into the new year, 2017. And I hope that you're off to a bang of start. And, you know, maybe you are, maybe you're not. It doesn't matter because God is still good. God is still faithful. But I want us to talk to you guys today about are you distracted by your pain? Worshiping God when it hurts. You know, I've even, I've gone through challenges at various times in my life, and I've gone through some challenges recently, and I was struck by why am I here why am I experiencing it like this? Why am I responding to it like this? And what is my response to the situation? And I began to think, wow, you know, sometimes we are so distracted by the pain. The pain is screaming so loud in our life that sometimes we, we, we lose focus for a minute. We lose the, the purpose. We lose the the concept, we lose something in there. So I wanted to talk to you, how do we worship God when life hurts? How are we not distracted by the pain? Where is the pain coming from? Uh, And how do we worship God when life hurts? Because life hurts sometimes, God. Life is not always kicks and giggles, rainbows and butterflies. It is not awesomeness sometimes. There are times where it literally kicks you in the teeth and you try and get up and it's kicking you in the stomach and you roll over and it gets you in the back. But how do we respond in a way that we are still able to heartfelt worship the Lord even when life hurts because we are distracted by our pain? So the first thing that I wanted to talk about this morning, I have a myriad of scriptures to give you guys, so I hope you have your paper and pencils ready, uh, or maybe you have to rewind this a little bit later and catch this on. One of the first things that happens when we get distracted by our pain is we need to identify the source of the pain. And this is not to blame, but this is just to identify the source of the pain. Think of it this way. Whether somebody drops something on your foot or you drop it on your foot, the pain is still there. Okay, so we need to know how to maneuver that. So what I wrote down is that we need to um, recognize first that being a believer and being a Christian is, one, it is not a spectator sport, okay? Being a Christian is not what we do on the sidelines. So we need to expect that there are going to be times of adversity in our lives. Next, it's not a social club. Being a Christian is not just what you do on Sunday or maybe throughout the week or singing on the, in the choir, the usher board, or being a trustee. It's not a spectator. It's not a social club. We just come and do a little something and, you know, tick it off on, on our checkbox for God list, nor is it the activities that we do. You know, some people come on Sunday. They did their duty. They check it off. Other people, you know, they come and they're involved and they check it off, but they have yet to really become connected with God. They've been connected with religion or connected with denomination or they're they're there, but they've never yet connected with God. So we have to understand that because if we don't understand what it's not, then we can't understand where we need to be. Okay, then next we want to look at understand that we have a real enemy. We have a real enemy. Anytime you really start moving on toward God, have a heart toward God, 
want to do God, want to fall in love with God, Jesus, Holy Ghost, everything, you are going to have an enemy because now the enemy is going to come after you. So it, it seems like whatever, whenever you decide, I'm going full-blown for Jesus, I'm, that's it. All of a sudden, it's like the car goes crazy, your husband doesn't act right, the kids are crazy, everything goes wrong on the job because it's becoming a distraction. It wants to distract you from worshiping God. And we can see this in Scripture because we know that Jesus was anointed. What did Satan come and do? After he was fasting for 40 days, what did, Jesus, what did Satan do? He took him into the wilderness. And what did he do there? He began to distract him. He knows he's hungry. He knows he's tired. He knows that he's depleted because he's been fasting. So what does Satan come and do? Hey, well, you know what I'll do? I'll give you this if you worship me here. I'll give you that if you do this for me here. That's what Satan wants to do. He wants to distract us. And we know that the gospel is offensive to people. The Bible says if they hated you, they're going to hate me. If they if they hated if they hated me, I said that backwards. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. So why do we think things are going to be different? You can find that in John fifteen verse eighteen through twenty five, and Matthew chapter ten verse twenty two. So we know people don't want you know the the word of God isn't always. It's fluffy. It sometimes, no, not sometimes, it very often tells us, especially if we look at Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit, and you can find it over even in um, in the Gospels on how we are to comport ourselves as Christians. Christians meaning those who follow Christ, follow follow the ways of Christ, the teachings of Christ, the, the attributes of Christ, all of those things that it means. So, you know, we can't lie out of a situation. I don't care how small it is. I don't care how teeny it is. We don't lie in a situation, okay? Um, that's what we're not, we're not doing. We're not doing things and living life to gratify our flesh. So there's going to be a level of uncomfortableism. I don't know if that's a word, but we're going to work with that. There's a level of being uncomfortable. So we have an enemy. The, the word is offensive. Living life for God can offend people. Not that what we're doing is wrong, but when we're living out of the light of what the word of God says, then people it, it puts the light on what people are doing. It's kind of like being at a job and you're doing things right and your employee, your fellow coworkers are doing things wrong. What is it going to do? They don't like you now because you're doing things right and it's showing what they're doing wrong. So we need to recognize that. Next, some steps that allow that cause us that we, when I said identifying the situation. So now we know that we're not a spectator. We know that we're not in a social club, and we know that we're not doing this. Now we're moving into this level of intimacy with God. There are times where pain comes, and we are now distracted by our pain because we were not obedient. We didn't do something. We either, you know, uh, committed adultery, caught in fornication, and now you're pregnant. You stole something. Um, your attitude's not right. I, it could be a myriad of things. We need to identify that. This is not to beat us up, but once we identify it, now we know what we need to do. Okay, I had a really stinky pot attitude, and therefore I offended someone, and now that resulted in something happening to me or feeling lonely or whatever it is. What do I need to do? Oh, 
I need to do what it says in, in the Bible. First John 1, 9, let me confess my sin. And now he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and do what? Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So when we have fallen into a painful situation, a negative situation, let's identify it. What's my part? Where, where, where was I in this? Okay, I did that. Now we may have the consequences, but now we can apply the word of God. At that very moment that we've applied the word of God, we can now move on. We don't have to deal with the guilt and the shame. It will come, but we don't want to deal with that. We're going to talk about that next week and knowing who we are again in Christ when we have pain. So now we function in the promises of God. Okay, so now when the enemy is coming, I can worship God because now I can say, well, wait a minute. When the enemy wants to come and go, well, look what you did and look what you said. And just remind us of all the things going on or the, the result of what has happened. We can go, no, God has forgiven me. And God has given me the plan on how to walk out. He'll direct you, go do this, go do that. We know that all things work together for good according to those who love God according to those who are called according to his purpose. So now we are submitting that. So now we've asked God for forgiveness, and now we've submitted that thing to God, and now we're spending, you know, we're spending time in his word or we're doing what we're supposed to do, and God is directing us on where to go. Oh, so he'll give you an impression in your spirit, in your heart. Go talk to this person. Okay, go do that. Okay, do this over here. He may even take you through a process of understanding why you did it. You were feeling lonely. You were feeling left out. You were feeling rejected. You were feeling abandoned, and it caused you to do A. And now that you've gone through that, God is saying, now let me heal you in this particular area. And I hope that that makes sense. Uh, he'll, you, you'll see, and you go, oh, why did I do that? Oh, you know what? I was feeling rejected, and I didn't want to feel that way, so I lied. I made this more than what it is. And you feel really icky because now you have to deal with that. But here we go. God is using that to turn it around for you to identify so now he can bring healing. Oh, you know what? I don't have to do that because God loves me. I don't have to do that because I'm not forsaken by God. And we can begin to uh, uh, see how God is turning that around. We don't need to allow the pain to distract us. So now we can worship God. And then usually there are times that I have also experienced where we are in a situation, we know we messed up. Just like, like, like boom, you just like blew up the mess up. Now what do we do? Now we can learn that we can feel the presence of God. And I've been there. I don't know if you've been there, where you're like, wait, wait a minute, God, how do you love me when I just did that? And it's, a, it's almost a tangible presence of him being in the room where you just go, oh, my gosh. And you begin to do what? You love God in the midst of your hurt. You love God in the midst of what you're doing. You you love God when everything else is it seems like it's just going crazy. You you're loving God and you you sense His undenying love for you. And then we go on to the next one. What what happens when it's external? What happens when when you're faced with the pain of rejection of family, situations on your job, husband and wife issues, kids going crazy, finances all out of whack, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, 
What do you do? How do you worship God when that? Well, when you understand again where it's coming from, wait a minute, let's see, I'm paying my tithe, I'm doing this, and I did that. Not that it's about how great we are, but it's to check our level of where that open door is. Because sometimes we open doors, and sometimes those doors aren't open, and we're just going through. And you can look at Romans chapter, I think it's chapter 5, verse 8, where, you know, trials come to build perseverance, and they build character in our lives. We're testing out the word in our lives. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, we know in Psalms 91 that he is our refuge, okay? So now we're walking that thing out. So now we are faced with these distractions, these storms, you know. We, or maybe we ask God for a, to walk out in greater faith. Maybe we were asking God for something greater. What did Peter do? He saw Jesus on the water once he recognized that it was him. And he says, bid me that I can come to you. Hey, I want to step out and do. He's like, wow, Jesus, that's you. Whoa, I want to, I want to be there with you. And God, Jesus says, well, come on out. And Peter gets out the boat. And as long as he keeps his eyes on the initial meaning he kept his eyes on Jesus. He was a walking on that water, man. He was doing God. He was making it happen. But then he began to go, wow, I'm doing it. I'm out here. But then he's looking around, and he sees, oh, my gosh, the storm was always going. The storm was always there. But he had his eyes on Jesus. And because he did, what? He was able to go through. He was able to go through. But when he began to pay attention to what was already there, he got distracted. And what happened? He began to sink. And then what did he do? He had to cry out to God, help me, help me. You know, don't let me fall. Don't let me jump. You know, he was crying out. So what do we need to do? Sometimes when we want to step out in those greater places or we're going on, uh, we're dealing with situations on our job, distractions, those distractions were probably always there but we weren't paying attention to them because our focus was on Christ. Our focus was on something else. So when we recognize that, we need to now, uh-oh, I lost, I lost my focus. I got too busy. I, was, I got so caught up in bills that I forgot what the word of God said about trusting him. The lily, if he takes care of the lily of the valleys and he clothes, why would he do so less for us? Oh, ye of little faith. We forget what the word says. We are distracted by our pain. And sometimes, I I don't want to say it sneaks up on you, but it sneaks up on you. It's there, and you're at that precipice, and you kind of tip. You know, we we tip. And we, um, we we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. We want to stay. And sometimes... You know, we're, we're challenged by that, man. We're challenged by it. But when we find out, what does it do? It shows us what's really on the inside of us. It shows us really where we are in the word of God. It shows us our level of maturity. Are we complaining and whining and, oh, God, how did you let this happen to me? And, oh, God, why, why me? Why not you? We are walking this thing out. We are grounded. You know, I'm thinking of the scripture now is in John and it's um, in other areas of the gospel, uh, but I know it's in John, where it says the soil that the word falls on. The level of how you worship when life hurts determines the soil that the word fell in. 
think of a plant that you're potting. If you want to grow it in really good soil because you want a really nice plant or you want really nice vegetables, you know what I mean? If you want any kind of vegetables, you might sow it in any kind of soil. But when you sow it in good soil, when the word of God falls on good ground, meaning we are submitting to what the word of God says, we are submitting to it being God in our life, then that's what we need to do. We want to submit to the word of God. So what do we have? We understand what being a Christian is not. Okay, we got that. Not a spectator sport, not a social club, not just about activity. Then we want to identify. We want to identify where is the source of our pain coming from. Is it from disobedience? Is it from opening up our ear gates, eye gates, having a mindset that's not filled with the things of God? Or is it a result of just wanting to walk out a greater place of, 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 of faith and now the enemy's coming at you going, no, I can't let them get there. So he's going to do everything he can to distract us from walking in the power of God, the will of God, the authority of God, speaking the word of God over the situation. And he wants us to respond out of our emotions and out of our pain, saying everything but the word of God. Why? Because God watches over his word to perform his word. He doesn't perform with not his word. He doesn't perform out of pitifulness. Oh, well, they look pitiful today. They're over there whining and crying. Let me go bless them. No, he responds to faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we want to work out in faith, and he's working out that love walk. So now we understand the promises. So let's talk about some of those real quick. Uh, and, and, and God is just giving me these new nuggets as I'm talking to you about this. Perfect love casts out fear. It's a promise. It's a, it, it's a truth. Perfect love casts out fear. So if we understand that God perfectly loves us, perfectly, it's everything, he perfectly loves us, then he's not going to allow anything to harm us. So anything that comes our way, we have to know that God has a plan for it. He, he wants, he has a, we have a response to it. He knows. He's not scratching his head like, oh, look at little Bobby Susie and Johnny. They're losing their house. They're going through a divorce. Their kids are crazy. He's not scratching his head, but he has a solution to that situation. He has a solution to that situation. And what is that solution? The word, faith. And we are, we are to walk that out. So if our mindset is, wait a minute, God said he would not leave me or forsake me. God says that he um, uh, will, will not withhold with any good thing for me in Psalm 34.10. God says that he watches over his word to perform it. God says he will make up a, a table for me in the presence of my enemies. What does God say? God says he's my refuge. God says that he sees me. God says that he walks with me. So God says that he loves me with an everlasting love. Perfect love cast out there. So if we know that to be true, then no matter what we go through, no matter what Satan tries to say through the pain of what we're going through, we can worship God and go, Father, I thank you. God, I don't care what it looks like. Your word is true. We know that he's not a man that he should lie, nor a man that he should repent. And we know, according to 1 Corinthians one twenty, that God does not work on human wisdom. We know that they're the foolish things of the world confound the wise. 
They don't know how the last becomes first and the first becomes last. They don't understand how we walk by faith. We live in a kingdom and we function on God's principles. We function on a God economy. So we can't put God in a box to fit into this natural world. It doesn't work that way. So we have to understand that God has an understanding. The enemy, remember in um, in Genesis, we see in the last chapters, we know what Joseph's brothers did to him. But there was a blessing on both sides. See, the entire time, what his brothers did to him was wrong. You can't cut it any other way. It was wrong. It was devastating. It was atrocious. Not only did it hurt the brothers in the long run because of the guilt they had to carry with them, but it hurt the father and it hurt Joseph. But Joseph chose to submit. But remember, Joseph had a dream. He had a couple dreams. Did Joseph know how those dreams were going to manifest? He had no clue, but he had a dream. And now at the fruition of what happened in his life, we can go back and see. He can go back and see how those dreams, what those dreams actually meant. So what are you dreaming? Where do you want to go? What's your plan? What's your desire? And you wonder, why am I going through this? It's all a part of the plan. Because think about it. All along the way, Joseph picked up nuggets. He was being matured. He was being prepared. And people were beginning to know his name. When he least expected it, hey, there's a guy named Joseph who gets visions from God, and he dreams dreams. Let him interpret this for you. He stayed faithful, though he may have, he could have allowed himself to stay in a place where he was distracted by his pain, but he didn't. He tried to get out. Hey, Baker, you know, tell them about me. You know, the, the armor bearer, the cup bearer, tell the king about me. Some did. Some didn't, but eventually when it was time, when it was that season, it manifested. We, re- we need to recognize when we are experiencing trials that we, I just said that, we have to submit to God's authority, God's plan, and God's way, God's understanding of what he does. And respond accordingly by worship as we be- is inevitable. When we submit and we do those things, submitting to, to worship is inevitable because you begin to see from God's perspective. Being in the word allows us to do that. Again, 1 John 5, verses 14 um, and 15. Uh, if you get a chance, read it. And since we're, we're getting short on time, I'm going to just kind of say it. It says that if we believe that we that God hears us when we pray, if we believe that, then guess what? Then we know that God hears us. If we believe, but it also says that we believe that God hears us according to his will, according to his word, you know. So we know that we're praying according to his word and that it's not a bad thing. And sometimes it may just be a desire of your heart. But if that desire of your heart does not violate the word of God, then you can know, you can rest assured that you can pray that thing out and it will happen. It will happen in its time. It will happen in its season. But you must stay firm. You must stay firm. Uh, God's promises don't change. Uh, God will. All, God forgives. You want to ask God for forgiveness. He loves you with an everlasting love. Go back and read Romans 15, verse 8, Hebrews 10, 23, 1 John 5 and 14. And read uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 15 again, when it talks about when you abide in Christ. 
see, we are less likely to become distracted by our pain when we abide. And then the uh, the verse in First Corinthians, and then also look at Second Corinthians one uh, twenty. So First Corinthians one twenty, and Second Corinthians one twenty, because people who don't want to go to church and then they can do it on their own, more power to you. But there's a power, there's something special about being in the presence of God with God's people because it's not about you. It's about what you can give to someone else. It's about being able to learn and grow and connect with others who may have experiences. And we want to remember that when we're listening to the testimonies of others, when we're going through a painful situation, you need to know how to eat, chew the meat, and spit out the bones because you are unique, you are different, you are special, and God's plan for your, your life is not the same as someone else. The process to make a Mercedes is not the same process that you make a Toyota. So you need to recognize. So we're at the end. I love you guys. I pray that you were blessed by this. Share this with your friends. Check me out on Facebook, uh, The Process 319 Unleashed with Dawn Marie. I love you guys, and I will see you next week. The sea to speak to mountains. I can be free, just be me. You make me powerful. You make me great. And I'm powerful. Wave your hands and say, Mountains, I can be free just being me.